0: Welcome to Scare You to Sleep. I'm your host, Shelby Scott, and I'm here to read you a few true stories. If you're new to the show, every once in a while I do these episodes where I read true stories submitted by you, the listener. If you've got a true story you'd like me to share with the class, you can send it to scareyoutosleep at gmail.com. And please put true story in the subject line, or something along those lines. This first story is not about ghosts or ghouls, but a terrifying encounter with a fellow human being. This was sent in by Joshua Rowe, who has been a longtime supporter of the show. Thank you for sharing this harrowing encounter with us. Now, here we go. It was the morning of January 21st, 2021, when I experienced something that has changed me in a million ways. My story doesn't have to do with monsters, ghosts, or goblins, but something that can happen anytime. I am a night shift supervisor custodian for a well-known college. I work Sunday through Thursdays, 11pm to 7.30am. I am one of those weirdos of the world who enjoys this shift, plus I get my scare you to sleep listening in these hours. It was your typical morning of collecting keys and radios at 7.15 to get ready to leave soon, when I decided I wanted to start my car and warm it before leaving. It was especially cold that morning. I left my car unattended for 10 minutes while going in to clock out and leave for the day. I walked out to get in and head home for some sleep. When I got in my car, I let out a long stretch and yawn. As I leaned back, I felt something push me forward. As I heard, ''Don't move or I'll fucking pop you!'' I instantly yelled out, ''Holy shit, come on man!'' As I looked back and saw a man with a ski mask holding a pistol in my back, then all at once, It sunk into me that this is real, and I need to just go along with this. I said, Okay, okay. What do you want me to do? He told me to take him to a bank and give him all I've got. I was hoping at this moment that someone around us could see what was going on. Then the crushing weight hit me that my back windows in that SUV were all tinted. I told him I don't know this area which is partially true. I live 40 minutes from where I work and don't go to that area unless I'm going to work. He proceeds to direct me to a bank, 20 minutes away. That was the longest 20 minutes of my life. A few times I was thinking about swerving into traffic. He wasn't wearing a seatbelt like me after all. But I thought about the possibility of hurting other people. And also, if I did something like this, I may give him absolutely nothing to lose. I told him I was a father and that I don't care what he took from me that day if he will just let me get home to my little girl. He told me, if you do what I tell you today, you will. I wasn't sure if I believed him, but he held every card in this damn situation. As we pulled to a red light beside the bank, the most helpless feeling was sitting at it next to a police car that could help me if they only knew what was happening to me. I heard him mutter from the backseat to not even fucking think about it. At the drive up ATM, he took $400 from me. My bank has a 24-hour withdrawal limit, so this was the best I could do for the guy. I laugh about it now, but right after we left, I said, like we were buddies, So, where can I drop you off? like this was the end of my freaking nightmare he proceeded to direct me to a very bad neighborhood at a four-way stop and got me out of the car took all of my things and read my license back to me so I would know he knew my address luckily that had an old address he drove off in my car leaving me stranded I banged on three different doors with no reply I finally waved down a maintenance van for the local elementary school he let me use his phone to call the police. They took me to the station and tracked my phone to my car, where he left all of my things. He only wanted the cash, I guess. I was so happy to get home later that morning and hug my little girl. I don't think I've ever hugged her that tight. I don't think they ever caught the guy, or they haven't contacted me if so. I don't think about it as often as I used to, but am certainly more aware of my surroundings now. If they ever did catch him, and I had to face him again, I would forgive him. Though that was one of the scariest things I'd ever been through, it also taught me just how lucky I am to be here. There is a small article in the paper they put out about it. I'll link it here, and I will, this is Shelby, and I will link it in the show notes. However, it is contradictory to my story. I think my report was dampened for whatever reason. In the article it says he was outside my car and made me get in, which was not possible considering I left with a group of people who would have seen that happen. I'll leave you with this. Always be safe. Always be grateful for the time we're given. And always check your back seat. That is terrifying. That's one of my biggest fears. I am so sorry that happened to you, Joshua. Uh, even when I get gas and I have to go inside to pay, if like the pump, the pay thing on the pump isn't working or whatever, I it's like I, I I always think check my back seat, but like too late. You know, you know what I mean. Like if there had been someone in my back seat, it I would have it would have been too late. I basically get in my car and then turn around real quick, as if that's going to do anything. <laughs> So yes, check your back seat, and I am so glad that you're okay, Joshua, and you are here to tell us this tale and warn all of us. This next submission is from Danielle Johnson, who has written in before, and she mentions that, so I'll just get right into it. Hi Shelby, you brought to life my mother's very scary and very true shadow man experience in a past true horror episode. Both of my parents aren't people who usually open up, nor are they ones who are firm believers in the supernatural either, so I knew when my dad shared this story with me, it must have had a major and terrifying impact on him. My dad was around 27 years old, working as a manager at a major fast food restaurant. This was about a few years before he had met my mother. He had recently moved out of his mother's home and into an apartment with his close friend. This was his time to start life on his own. Everything was going perfect, good paying job, nice apartment, away from mom and his siblings, no worry or care in the world. What could go wrong, he thought. One evening would change it all. He came home one evening, around 6 p.m., he remembers. He was exhausted from work and just wanted to sleep. He hit the bed and instantly fell asleep. In the middle of the night, something awoke him. He said he just felt like something was not quite right. It almost felt as if he was dreaming, yet awake at the same time. He tried his hardest to get up from the bed, but he just couldn't. It felt as if someone or something was holding him down with all their might. He felt total paralysis at that very moment. As he looked up towards the open doorway, He began to see a black mass moving towards him. This shadow figure felt pure evil, he remembers. To this day, he doesn't know why he did this, but he closed his eyes and began to pray. My dad is not a super religious person by any means, but he kept saying over and over again, help me Lord, please help me Lord. As he began to open his eyes, the shadow figure was gone he was now able to move and get out of bed shortly after my dad said he moved out of his friend's apartment yes that meant he would be back at home with mom but at least he would be away from whatever demons plagued that apartment he truly believes his life was in danger that evening my dad is now 63 and nothing to this day has ever made him fear for his life after my dad told me this story I did research on sleep paralysis and the hallucinations it can cause. Sleep demons can be a part of these hallucinations. I explained this phenomena to my dad, but the look he gave me made me question everything I had researched. His eyes were filled with fear. It was as though he was right back in that bedroom, in that apartment, that one night many years ago. He told me, The devil was in that room that evening. I do not know what he wanted, but I can only say that I'm glad my life was spared that evening. Thank you so much, Danielle, for more of your parents' stories, although I am sorry that they've experienced such terrifying things. I used to experience sleep paralysis really frequently when I was a teenager, about 17-18. I moved out of the house when I was 17. And I remember feeling it the first time I was living with a relative that I had moved in with and I was asleep or I had taken a nap on the couch and I woke up and it was the first time I'd ever felt that. And of course it's, I'd never heard of it either. i had never heard of sleep paralysis. All I knew was that I was dying. <laughs> That's what it feels like for any of those. For those of you who have experienced it, I'm sure you can vouch. Especially if you hadn't heard of it previous to your experience. Because it, it feels like you can't breathe. It feels like you have been totally paralyzed. I remember hearing the effects of when you're poisoned by blowfish. When you're eating, I think it's fugu is what it's called. When you eat uh, raw uh, blowfish meat. <laughs> and the description of that, of how you die that way reminded me of how I felt during sleep paralysis. Of course, it's probably actually much worse when you're dying of, uh, blowfish poisoning, but I remember thinking that's what it felt like. It felt like I couldn't even breathe. Like everything in me was paralyzed except for I could open my eyes and my brain was clearly working and it It happened a few times, and luckily it has not happened to me since. I do have night terrors, but I've mentioned that on the show, but that's completely different. Sleep paralysis is awful, and I'm so sorry to anyone who it still plagues. By the way, I have heard that it helps to not sleep on your back. And when I heard that, I realized it had happened. Every time it happened to me, I was asleep on my back. And I'm usually a side sleeper, so I don't know if... (laughs) that has anything to do with it, but that's just a little tip, I guess, if you are having trouble with that, is just try sleeping on your side, or I guess on your stomach, maybe. I don't know, but it has helped me since becoming a side sleeper. Okay, moving on. Okay, the next few stories you're going to hear were sent in by Lauren Crosby, and these are from Both her and her sister. I'm sorry, I don't think I got sister's name, but Lauren said you both listened to the show, so thank you so much. And here we go. Little girl on the stairs. When I was around six years old, my sister, mother, and brother went on a road trip to visit some family. We were staying with my uncle and his kids at his home in Virginia, which was built in the mid-1800s, for a prominent family in the area. It's a really lavish home with super tall ceilings, large rooms, fancy wallpaper, chandeliers, and a huge spiral grand staircase that goes up to the third floor. The home wasn't kept up super well, so it did give off some creepy vibes. I had never stayed in a house so large before, so I was awestruck by it, even though it was creepy and run down. In the 1970s, it was used as a reformatory school for mentally ill children. Researching the home, I found that it was absolutely horrific as they would drug the kids involuntarily, rape, beat, and falsify records of the children. In 1979, it was closed due to a suicide and sold. By the time I was there in the early 2000s, it was back to being a single family home. While we were staying there, The older cousins would tell me and my siblings that the house was haunted and that they saw a little boy behind the curtains some nights. That same trip, in fact, a bat had gotten stuck in the basement staircase. I didn't really think too much about the ghost stories they were telling me. I thought they were just wanting to scare me. My cousin, who was around the same age as me, loved to explore the grounds during the day. The old dormitories on the grounds are still standing even though they are in bad shape. In these dorms, there was some old furniture, curtains, and of course, some old dolls to really add the cherry on top of the creepy factor. When we were done exploring the dorms, the sun was setting, so we decided to go into the old parlor in the house and play Go Fish before it was time for bed. In the middle of our game, I started to get a feeling like someone was watching me, so I went to go find my mom. When I walked out of the parlor and into the room with the grand staircase, I saw a young girl, slowly walking down the stairs. The lights were really dim, but I knew I had never seen this girl before. I assumed she was my cousin's friend since she looked about the same age as us. I was waiting for her to come down the stairs so I could see who she was, when I noticed her clothing. She was dressed in a beautiful, floor-length, floral ball gown that looked like it came straight out of Gone with the Wind. I noticed that she was faintly glowing grey. As soon as our eyes met, I knew something was off and I ran away. I didn't tell anyone what I saw. As my cousin and I were exploring the grounds the next afternoon, she took me through the trees and we stumbled upon the family graveyard of the original owners. The first grave i saw was smaller than the rest of them and the dates indicated that the girl who was buried there was only eight years old when she died the graveyard had about 10 other graves in it and there were a few more children buried there but the majority of them were adults this always stuck with me since no one knows anything about the original owners of the home and they all died within a few years of each other It wasn't until we were on our way back home a few days later that i said guys i think i saw a ghost my sister who was 12 at the time started asking me a ton of questions where were you in the house what was she wearing how old was she what did she look like after i answered her questions i asked her why she cared so much since she didn't usually show much interest in most things When she said i saw the same thing my sister told me that she was leaving the room she was staying in one morning the room she was in had access to the servant's staircase while she was heading down she felt like someone was walking behind her she turned around and she saw a little girl she was just standing in the middle of the staircase in her dress and completely gray My sister said that she then ran out of the kitchen and refused to tell anyone about what she had seen. A couple years after we visited, my uncle and his family moved out of the home, and it has stayed mostly vacant since then. Except for the little girl in the floral dress, that is. I was going to keep all my comments to the end of all these stories, but I just wanted to say that younger me, in fact, just adult me, is incredibly jealous that you got to explore such a cool old place and the grounds and the dormitories and things. I wonder, you didn't mention, but I wonder if it gave off like a a bad energy considering what happened there, and kind of considering when it was built, uh, so I wonder if it was just kind of one of those (laughs) dark hole type places, but uh, you didn't mention that, so maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. But moving on to your next story, Déjà Révé. My sister and I have always both experienced Déjà Révé. This is like Déjà Vu, but instead of just feeling like you've experienced something similar before, we'll be doing something or see something and remember that we had a dream about the exact situation. The exact line in a show we have never watched, the exact TikTok, or the exact conversation. One time I had a dream about this older house, just living in it, nothing extraordinary. I woke up from the dream the next morning and moved on, nothing in the dream being something worth remembering afterwards. A few weeks later, I was idly scrolling on my phone, flipping through social media, when all of a sudden, an article about different older homes popped up. I clicked on it thinking I would see something creepy or some pretty old homes. That's when I saw it. The house I had lived in, in my dream, a few weeks prior. I felt a rush of familiarity about the house, and could remember my dream exactly. Spooked, but trying to calm myself down, I sent the link to the article to my sister in a text. I didn't tell her about what I had experienced, I just knew she would appreciate the beauty of the old home. Moments later, she texts me saying, I had a dream about living in this house a few weeks ago. That's so fascinating. I actually have some more deja vu coming up later in this episode, but the person who sent it in didn't call it that. I don't think that they've, they may have never heard that term before. So I hope they're listening and I hope they hear their story, but I also hope they hear this and kind of put an idea of what they may be experiencing to words. Um, but I've experienced this too. I know. I know some of you out there just rolled your eyes heavily, but I remember telling my parents about this. I'd be like, I had this dream about, you know, being on, and it would be like you described. It's something super mundane. One of them I remember was driving on this road and seeing this specific scenery and building as we drove by, like drove, you know, just, and that was it. That was all it was. Nothing spectacular happened. And I remember then later on, I don't know, remember how long later on, but we ended up going somewhere new. We had never been there before. And as we were driving, I saw that scenery and that building. And it was very confusing because it happened to me when I was very young. And I was like, I don't know what to do with this information. (laughs) It's a, it's a really strange feeling. I've experienced it a few times. I don't, I'm not going to say it's you know what it is definitively because I'm very as many of you listeners know I'm very open to skepticism and science and things like that of that nature but I I don't know what it is and it is very eerie and very strange when you when it happens and I've never heard anyone mention it before I believe in any of these submissions I've ever gotten and (laughs) I got this and I have another like I said another one coming up near the end of the episode so fascinating moving on grandma's house my father is from a small town in upstate new york when his mother was at work he would often visit his grandma's house he and his grandma were very close and she was very involved in his life growing up they would spend lots of time together watching tv reading or eating the cookies she would make for them together when he got older he moved across the country to go to college and he started a family He would visit very occasionally, but it was too expensive to bring me or my other five siblings. Growing up, I had never really visited the area where my extended family lived. My great-grandma passed away just when I was six, and I never got the chance to meet her. My father also grew up very poor and didn't have any pictures from his childhood or of our great-grandparents. A few months ago, I had a dream that I was in this older house I had never seen before. I was in a room, which was more of a hallway landing between a couple other rooms. It had a closet that opened up to the stairs to the attic. The walls and ceiling were wood paneled and painted white. This area was set up as a bedroom, which I thought was weird at the time since it wasn't a closed-off room. In the dream, my sister and I were laying in the bed, about to go to sleep, when all of a sudden. a a taller woman that I didn't recognize entered the room. She said she had been looking for my sister and I and started talking about her molasses cookies. She was very loving in her tone when talking about the cookies, but she got very serious a moment later when she told us that we needed to see what was in the attic. She was getting frantic when my sister and I told her that it was scary up there and we didn't want to go. She just kept insisting that we needed to go up there and see what was there for us. After that, my sister and I started heading for the stairs, but I woke up as soon as I opened the door. The next day, I texted my dad and asked him which grandma used to make molasses cookies. He stated it was his mom's mom and asked why I was wondering. I started describing my dream and the room we were in when he asked me to draw him a diagram of it. I drew him a picture of the room and how the furniture was arranged. When he called me and said, You called my mother. This has to be a joke. I was confused since I don't talk to her very often, so I said, No, I haven't talked to her in months. He was convinced I was pranking him since I have never met my great-grandma, let alone been to her house. He said that the room I drew was spot-on to where his grandma set up her bedroom which was at the bottom of the attic steps, since it was the warmest spot in the house. I asked my dad what she kept in the attic, and he said he wasn't allowed to go up there, but he stated that his mom kept all his grandma's stuff in her attic, and she still has all of it. Since then, my sister and I have been trying to plan a trip to go visit my grandma. I will keep you all updated in case we find anything in her attic that our great-grandma would have wanted us to see now below are stories from my sister hello sister deja levé from my sister last year my husband and i were looking at the possibility of moving our family was getting bigger we were growing out of our current house and we needed more space one day i was looking through houses on zillow just seeing what i liked what was in our price range and what would be the best fit for our family i then saw this house It was a little older, made of stone, and very quaint, and very unique. I knew it wouldn't meet our needs, but I wanted to look at it anyway. I started flipping through the pictures until I get to the picture of the kitchen. My heart dropped. I had dreamed about this exact home before. Suddenly, the dream that I had months before starts flooding back. I was running from a man in that home. I remember thinking about what year it was. It was the 1930s and I was wearing clothes that matched the era. I wasn't me, I was another woman, and I was running from her husband. I remember being very scared of him and needing to leave immediately. I remember running through the kitchen, grabbing the door to get outside, and running through a field to get to the closest road and hoping someone would help me. That's when the dream stopped. As I stopped remembering the dream, the feelings that woman in the dream had just overwhelmed me. I wanted to prove to myself that this wasn't the same home, and that I was just having an overactive imagination. I went to look at when the home was built, and it was built in the 1930s. Stressed, I pulled the map of the location of this home up. It was out in the country, surrounded by empty fields and the exact country roads the woman in the dream was planning on running down to get help. That is very spooky. Very spooky. <laughs> I don't even have much to say about that other than whew, must have given you a cold chill that day. Okay. Grandpa's story. I have a grandpa who isn't my biological grandpa, but he accepted me and my siblings as his own when my dad married my stepmom even though we were almost teenagers. We even call him the same name that our stepsister called him, Dodad. He always treated us the same and had a special relationship with all of us. He'd watch us while our parents were out of town, spoil us with treats, and was always there when we needed him. He was the kind of grandpa who didn't say much, religiously recorded the Weather Channel, and smoked cigars out in his garage. He passed away in 2013. It was devastating few years ago, I was having a dream about my grandpa. It was honestly a really weird dream because I remember thinking that my grandpa was completely out of place. I was having a high fantasy dream where I was fighting bad guys and doing magic, and there was my grandpa, huffing and puffing in the background like only a grandpa could. I remember him being very concerned about the bad guy in the dream and making remarks about how he didn't know what was going on, but he definitely didn't like it. Then i woke up i remember laughing about the dream to my husband because it was so strange a few days later i was hanging out with my sisters and i told them about the dream i had my younger sister looked at me and said when did you have this dream i told her that i had it about two nights prior she looked at me and kind of laughed and said i had a dream about him that same night We were both very spooked but also happy because it felt like he was visiting us. Fast forward a few years, I have a daughter now. One day, we were visiting my parents, having dinner with them and just having a small family get together. My daughter, who at the time was about 15 months, saw a picture that was in the living room. It was of one of my sisters and our grandpa. She pointed to the picture and pointed out my sister, saying her name the best she could then she looked at my grandpa, and clear as day, she proudly said, Dodad. Needless to say, my sisters and I were very surprised, as we had never told her about him. She was very young, and he had died many years before she was born. We looked at her again and asked her who he was, pointing to him in the picture. Again, she said, Dodad. Dad. pregnancy story. My husband and I were trying to have a child unsuccessfully for a long time. We went to the doctors and found out that he had a medical issue that didn't make it impossible, but made it very hard. Insert a joke here. We decided that we would just let it happen if it happened and not worry too much about it. We didn't want to have disappointment after disappointment. A year or two later, We were headed out of state to be a part of my brother-in-law's proposal to his girlfriend. That night, when we got to the hotel, my husband and I did each other's tarot readings. He went first and I read his cards. We talked about life and all of that mushy stuff. He then went to read mine. I had a specific question about whether or not we would have children and what the future would look like. He read my cards. We did a simple three-card spread for past, present, and future. In the past position, it showed struggling. The present position showed being able to kind of let go and let what happens happen. What struck me was the card in the future slot. It was the Ten of Cups in the upright position. This card in particular represents contentment and family, and is one of the most positive cards in the deck. The deck I was using was the Crow Deck. It pictured two adult crows flying next to a nest of their baby crows with a rainbow and sunflowers depicted in the background. My husband and I got very emotional as we felt like it was saying, yes, you will have children one day. I had just had a miscarriage a few months prior. The next day, we were parking at the Arboretum that my brother-in-law chose to propose in. In the parking lot, There were three crows hopping around i thought it was weird as it was a very busy day and typically crows wouldn't be hopping in a parking lot out of curiosity i looked to see what seeing three crows meant i found that it meant a new celebration on the way and the birth of a baby girl i brushed it off i didn't want to get my hopes up my brother-in-law got engaged and we celebrated for the rest of the weekend when we got home I had been feeling a little sick. I knew I was a few days late on my period. It should have started over that weekend. I started thinking about the crows and the tarot cards and decided to use one of the pregnancy tests we had. It was positive. Nine months later, I gave birth to my beautiful baby girl. Congratulations, I'm that, that, that was, what a heartwarming story to end off. Your, your sister tales with. I love that. That was beautiful. And I'm so happy for you. What a cool, this was a great bunch of, of submission or stories that you, you both have experienced together. That's amazing. And of course, thank you for sharing them with us. I really appreciate it. And I'm sure everyone here does too. All right, moving on. This is actually going to be our last submission of the evening. I'll explain why at the end, this episode's a little bit short but this is from Samuel Moon. Samuel starts out with some very kind words about the show, and I just wanted to say thank you so much and said that they found this show from the 13 podcast and any chance to mention my friends over at 13, I will. So go check out 13. Okay, so Samuel's story, which I uh, previewed a little earlier, if you remember. So Samuel says, on to the main reason for this email. I have a true story submission for you. I dream the future. It's not super glamorous or awesome. I never dream of winning lottery numbers or imminent danger or anything. Most of the time, it's just conversations. And usually, I don't even realize that the dream is a prophecy until I'm living it out. I know that some people would just say it's deja vu or something, but I don't think so. It's happened way too often to be random neurons firing in my brain or something. Although, I guess, biologically, it is, but you get my point. The most memorable instance of this happened when I was about 10 years old. I dreamt that my brother got bit by a dog. The following day, we were at my mom's boyfriend's friend's house, and sure enough, this guy's dog bit my brother. When I told my mom about it, her boyfriend tried to comfort me, question mark, by saying that if you want something bad enough in your dream... It would happen in real life. WTF? But yeah, that's my story. I dream the future. Just yesterday, I lived through one of my dreams, sitting in the break room at work. A couple co-workers were having a conversation, and it was the same conversation from a dream I had a week or so back. If only I could harness this ability. So, there you have it. Samuel, uh... As you can see, you are not alone. I've had the, an experience with this, and so has Lauren and her sister. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know what it is. Like you said, I'm like you, where it's like, yes, neurons firing, but why and how? Uh, there's a there's a book, it's a fictional book called John Dies at the End uh, I read years ago, and They brought up this great point that, again, the book is fictional, but this point stands because I've had, I'm sure some of you have experienced this sort of thing, where a sound in real life is happening in your dream somehow. Uh, The example they used in the book was, I think it was lightning or thunder or something of the sort, and in the dream, I want to say there was a phone ringing or there was something happening in the dream. Basically it lined up with the lightning or thunder happening in real life. And it was kind of a, like that's happened before. And I'm, again, I'm sure it's happened to you where some sort of real world sound happens in your dream. And again, I'm so sorry. Sometimes I get extra weird on the show, but the, (laughs) the thing presented in the book was how does your brain know that that sound was going to happen because it clearly created a story around this sound or are our brains much quicker than we give them credit for especially when we're asleep that it was able to build a narrative around this sound so quickly that it felt like it lined up like it felt like the sound of thunder lined up with the sound of the phone ringing in your in your dream or vice versa you know um Interesting. I don't know. I think it's fascinating. So, (laughs) okay, everyone, that is it for tonight. Uh, It's actually not that short of an episode. Basically, there's been a lot of construction going on in my building for this apartment. You know, if you live in apartments, you know, someone moves out. Sometimes they end up like gutting the whole apartment, and that's what they've been doing. And so, I've been trying to find windows of time to record, and I. Didn't and it was too difficult to find a good window where there was no sound for a fictional story, those are just way more involved than these true story episodes. <laughs> so I decided to go with these true stories, and I didn't have as many in the <laughs> submission folder as I usually do. I usually kind of wait for a few good ones to build up, and honestly, like again, I'm looking at my my count, it's it, it, we did good. This is a good, it's a pretty normal length episode. Uh, for some reason, I thought it wouldn't, but Lauren and her sister provided us with lots of entertainment this evening. So thank you. But thank you to everyone. Um, everyone who wrote in, it was fun to start off the episode with an actual true life story. Although fun is probably not a great word. Sorry, Joshua. I do not mean to make light of your situation because it sounds terrifying. Okay. And if you're new to the show, you can find me on me in the show (laughs) on Twitter and Instagram, at Scare You to Sleep, or you can find my personal stuff at Shelby B. Scott. And, oh, I wanted to mention real quick, I have noticed something recently from people following me on Twitter, both the show and my personal Twitter, I have a lot of microbiologists who listen to this show. Like, a lot of you. Like, noticeably a lot of you. I always, I kind of, look... A lot of times, if you follow me, I'll probably give your profile a little peek just to see, um, especially if I have time. And (laughs) there are so many microbiologists, a lot of uh, people in school for microbiology as well. I don't know why, but I think it's cool. And I think what you do is cool. I don't have a math science brain at all. And so uh, my hat's off to any of you in STEM, you know, and I think it's neat welcome microbiologists welcome all of you <laughs> maybe you should start a club uh microbiologists who listen to scare you to sleep I'm not good at naming things am I anyway uh so yeah that and uh oh I wanted to also mention I've been mentioning the Spanish version of the show dormir o morir <laughs> dormir o morir. and I don't know if I've mentioned enough the guided nightmares are also available on that channel dormir o morir So I don't know about you. I listen to a lot of ASMR to go to sleep or to study or to study, to write or to, well, yeah, sometimes I study for the show, uh, different things when I'm working and checking emails and things. I like to listen to ASMR or gentle stuff like that in different languages because it's, I like, I love the sound of people talking and I do. I just, I love this. Something about the sound of people talking makes me relaxed and happy I'm sure a therapist could work out that for me, but (laughs) it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing, but I've noticed sometimes it can get distracting if I know what they're talking about. So I listen to some ASMR in different languages because it's like, I get the sound of someone talking, but I don't recognize the words enough to be, for it to be distracting. So... Just putting it out there. Again, the Guided Nightmares are available there. And so if you are like me and that helps you out and you don't speak Spanish, because I guess this would only work if you don't speak Spanish, uh, I thought that would be a cool thing for you to check out is listening to those Guided Nightmares in a different language. The show itself has been amazing, by the way. Uh, Memo, who did the translating and editing for me, uh, I, I let him know I want you to turn my stories into something So it's not just a direct translation, like change any idioms or sayings or things that wouldn't make sense for a Spanish speaking audience. So he did. And there's like, so the stories, some of them aren't exact, just translations. And he did a beautiful job. And so if you are, uh, if you're studying both languages, or if you happen to speak both languages, it really is a different experience to listen to it on the, in the Spanish version. Because it's like, for instance, um, Bug Out, I believe it was bug out. Yes. Changed the, one of the protagonists to Cindy from David and just changed around a few little things and kind of, and also the intro was built more like it was, you were watching a live stream instead of reading a blog. Like I had done it really interesting changes that I, I love. I'm, I, I absolutely love. So if you haven't checked it out yet, or if you were like, uh, I speak, speak Spanish, but it's just the more of the same, you know? It's really not. It's a whole different experience. And it's three different voice actresses. And they're fantastic. They're fantastic. So please go check it out. The numbers are already crazy. So I know a lot of you already are checking it out. But I just wanted to reiterate, I was just listening to an episode yesterday. I was listening to the Bug Out episode. It's, I just wanted to just come and sing its praises again. Again, it sounds like I'm tooting my own horn, but I honestly basically just funded this venture and handed over my stories and things this isn't me being like i'm the best it's really the work of memo the uh, the translator and editor and these three incredible voice actors honestly okay um i think those are the two things i wanted to hit welcome microbiologists and go listen to uh the show in a different language uh spanish in particular <laughs> um uh, let's see. Oh, again, you heard at the top of the show. If you have any stories or anything you'd like to submit, scary to sleep at gmail.com. Uh, I don't think there's anything else Did I? Oh, I did bake this week. I, oh, I had a, I happen to have my grandma, bless her heart, love sending me, still loves giving me care packages when I go visit. And so she'll give me like a care package of just like different things that she picked up from Walmart that she thought I would like. And in that box, in the, one of those care packages was a box of uh, German chocolate cake, and uh, so I decided to make it last night, but I, instead of like the German chocolate frosting, I made vanilla coconut buttercream frosting. And I remember, you probably remember my old native ads where I told you vanilla coconut is one of my favorite scents ever. And it's also one of my favorite tastes ever. So the cake it w- might be a little better with, I'm, I'm more partial to devil's food cake because it's a little more chocolatey, but incredible combination, just simple uh American buttercream with coconut and vanilla so and that's one I can't really send you the recipe to because it's a box cake and then just uh kind of a a buttercream I whip together I don't follow a recipe when I do simple American buttercream anymore um so sorry uh but it was very good combination if you want (laughs) to try it to find those two things on your own uh okay I think that's all and I'm gonna go my voice is not doing great this week oh oh sorry there's a new Guided Nightmare out if you didn't see, if you didn't get a notification for it. There is a new Guided Nightmare and I had some fun with it. I'm starting to, I mean, I've been doing a little bit of an overarching narrative and I'm having fun with that. And it's, I, th- I hope you like it too. Please let me know if you liked the new episode because it's different. It's very different than any of the other episodes, but I, I personally really enjoyed writing it and in editing it and just doing it so um I might throw if you pay attention to the narrative if you are following the narrative I might throw one of those in every once in a while because it would work and let me know if you're liking the fun little story I'm kind of slowly put piecing together for you over the episodes but they still are very much listenable individually. So if you aren't caught up on like the last episode, or you have no idea what I'm talking about, because you haven't, you know, noticed this subtle narrative I've been putting in because you're sleeping to it, (laughs) which is good. uh, Then don't worry, it's still very listenable as a as an individual episode with no, no knowledge of the story surrounding it. (laughs) All right, everyone, I'm gonna go. And I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Go get some sleep. Sweet dream.